Um, and the rest of you can open your copy of God's Word to the book of 2 Samuel. We'll be in chapter 5 this morning, all right? 2 Samuel chapter 5. Uh, so thankful that you're here with us today as we worship our God. And uh, today, I want to speak to you on the topic of breakthrough, all right? The topic of breakthrough, that God is the God of breakthrough. Now, as you, as you think about a breakthrough, uh, you, you know what breakthrough is, right? It's an act or instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle, okay? Let me say that again. Breakthrough is an act or instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle, and scientists know all about the concept of breakthrough, right? As we think about for the scientists in the house, you know, research and, and development, just all of the work that goes into that. Uh, there have been so many great scientific breakthroughs that have been the result of oftentimes beating your one's head against the wall and just like, man, what's going on here? And how can we see, you know, a breakthrough happen in this effort that we partake of. So, I mean, just think about, uh, you know, who's grateful for electricity in the house today? I mean, anyone just grateful for that breakthrough of electricity? I mean, that's a breakthrough, right? Um, what about if you've ever had surgery or maybe even just getting a cavity filled at the dentist? Anyone thankful for anesthetics, huh? Just Anyone? That's right. That's a breakthrough. I mean, we can just think about the modern conveniences that we enjoy. Um, you know, who knows that the breakthrough of the car was dependent upon the breakthrough of the wheel? I mean, we're talking about way back, one of the very first major inventions in the world, the wheel, the breakthrough in that discovery and invention. Um, or, you know, um, we think about uh, the breakthrough of the, the cell phone started with the breakthrough of the telegraph. Pretty important stuff, right? I mean, the breakthrough of the internet started through with the breakthrough of Al Gore. You, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, just, just joking here, guys, if you're, you know, just if you're so inclined to laugh. Uh, is, you know, go, just go back to the presidential campaigns of, you know, the 90s. Um, so, um, listen, most everything that we enjoy in life is the result of a breakthrough of someone moving through or beyond a barrier. And that's just life as we know it. But what about our lives? Where, where do you need a breakthrough? Where, where in your life are you just kind of up against it? Just that, that thing in your life that fills your mind, it fills maybe your prayers. You can't, you can't kind of shake it. You, just, you keep seeking to get beyond it, but uh, you're not there yet. We've been talking about physical health and emotional health and spiritual health. And, and God wants to, to take us to new places. Uh, but one of the reasons I'm so passionate about this topic, one of the reasons that this topic is making the playlist series is because uh, I, I just get so passionate to see people not give up on God, not give up on God's work in them, but to believe that God wants to take them into new and better places that he designed them for in the very beginning. And so my encouragement for us today is this. In Christ, breakthrough is in front of you. In Christ, breakthrough is 
in front of you. I want to show you this from 2 Samuel chapter 5, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read the whole chapter for us, but we're going to focus in on verses 17 through 21 this morning. Okay, this is from the life of David. David's about to be anointed as the new king in Israel. This is what the Bible says. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are your bone and flesh. In times past when Saul was king over us, it was you who led us out and brought in Israel. And the Lord said to you, You shall be shepherd of my people Israel, and you shall be prince over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, And King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years. At Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And at Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah 33 years. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites the inhabitants of the land, who said to David, you will not come in here, but the blind and the lame will ward you off, thinking David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. And David said on that day, whoever would strike the Jebusites, let him get up the water shaft to attack the lame and the blind who are Hated by David's soul. Therefore, it is said, the the blind and the lame shall not come into the house. And David lived in the stronghold and called it the city of David. And David built the city all around from the millow inward. And David became greater and greater, for the Lord, the God of hosts, was with him. And Hiram, King of Tyre sent messengers to David and cedar trees, also carpenters and masons who built David a house. And David knew that the Lord had established him king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. And David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem after he came from Hebron and more sons and daughters were born to David. And these are the names of those who were born to him in Jerusalem. Shemua, Shabab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibhar, Elushua, Nepheg, Japhia, Elishama, Elidai, and Eliphazet. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And David came to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal-perazim, which means the Lord of breaking through. And the Philistines left their idols there, and David and his men carried them away. 
And the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, You shall not go up, go around to their rear and come against them opposite the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself. For then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him. And David struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. Let's pray one more time. Father, we ask that in these moments, you would help us see. God, help us see who you are. Lord, help us to see our own lives and in the places in our life where we desire breakthrough. God, maybe where we need a breakthrough in our life to move into the territory and the place of thriving as you've intended for us, God, in your design, in your timing, in your sovereign ways. And so, Lord, would you now speak by the power of your word to help us see you for who you are so that we can live accordingly, live a life of hope and joy and purpose and victory in Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. This morning, I want to give you four truths about the God of breakthrough. All right? The God of breakthrough. The first thing that we see in this story is that the God of breakthrough turns opposition into opportunity. All right? The God of breakthrough turns opposition into opportunity. David was Israel's newly appointed king, and he was no stranger to opposition. We see this in multiple ways throughout chapter 5. That's why I wanted to read the whole chapter, though we're going to focus in on verses 17 through 21. If we look at the larger story, we see opposition throughout. Number one, uh, who knows that David did not, you know, campaign to be the king. There were no yard signs all over Israel, okay? Um, God chose and appointed David to be the king after King Saul. But many of you may know, if you're familiar with the narrative, that King Saul was very jealous of David. He was very jealous of his military victory and how the people looked on him. And so numerous times in David's life, King Saul attempted to kill him and take him out. And so David was constantly on the run. So when we get to 2 Samuel chapter 5, this is a moment of breakthrough where God has finally turned his opposition into a moment of opportunity to become king. But then we see in verses uh, 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 6 through uh, 10, where now seeking to establish his kingdom, he needs to remove some adversaries known as the Jebusites. These were people that, by the way, God had said many years before that the people of Israel should remove from the land, but they did not in their disobedience. But now David, being obedient to God, is going to be faithful to what God said. And so the Jebusites lived in the stronghold of Jerusalem. And a stronghold was a fortified place. It was not only uh, had man-made, you know, protection and fortification, but it was also surrounded by valleys on three sides. So confident were the Jebusites against David and his attack that they said, hey, David, guess what? 
the blind and the lame will be able to defend our city against you. And yet David takes the stronghold. He breaks through by the power of God. And then we read in verses 17 and 18. Look at these verses in the heart of our, of our story here and, and where we need to focus today. It says, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David, but David heard it and went down to the stronghold, Jerusalem, the city of David. Verse 18, now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. What's going on here is that when it says the Philistines were searching after David, we can safely conclude that they weren't just trying to, you know, catch up with him, to hang out and have a good time, all right? It was a seek-to-kill mission. And we see this as the army is gathering in the valley of Rephaim. It says they spread out. It was, it was to show how vast their army was. No doubt this was a tactic of intimidation to David. Hey, you don't want to come and fight us. We're about to take your city. And yet God, once again, uses David to bring his breakthrough. The point here is that opposition was a constant companion of David. At various turns in his life and major seasons of his life, it was one season of opposition after another, after another, after another. And my assumption today for you is that because you live in a fallen world like David, yes, your opposition may look different, but you have opposition as well in your relationships, in your workplace, in your life personally. There are barriers and obstacles that you are facing day by day by day. And so what I want to ask you is this. What are you up against? What troubles you? What weighs your soul down? Where do you want to see God do a work of breaking through. Perhaps it's something in your physical life. Where do you need breakthrough? Maybe it's your physical life. Uh, maybe it's sickness, or uh, maybe you're struggling with some form of addiction. Maybe it's like we talked about last week with, with exercise and health and eating habits. Maybe it's just in the, 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 the areas of, of our material needs. Maybe you need a breakthrough in your finances or breakthrough in a, in a some kind of provision that, that you uh, desire to see or you need to see in your life. But not just physical needs, there are mental and emotional needs as well. Who, who struggles, who battles, and this is okay by the way, who, who, who struggles with depression in here today? Who struggles with anxiety? Is anyone weighed down by guilt? Is anyone just wrestle with your past and, and just battle emotionally? Maybe it's insecurity for you. Maybe it's the deep, deep-rooted feelings deep down in your soul that say, I am not worthy. I will never be enough for you. Fill in the blank. And you need a breakthrough. Maybe it's relational. Is there a breakthrough that you want to see in your marriage? Is there a breakthrough that you want to see in a friendship? 
Has there been conflict, unresolved conflict or, or, or just bitterness or unforgiveness that's eaten away at a relationship that's causing, caused the relationship to erode? You need a breakthrough. Maybe parents, it's a breakthrough in your parenting, a breakthrough either with your children or for your children. And oh, by the way, I'm asking you where you need a breakthrough, but even as we think about where we need a breakthrough, we should be very cognizant and aware of where the people around us need a breakthrough. If we care and we want to fight with them. But not just physical, not just emotional or mental, not just relational. What about spiritual breakthrough? Does anyone long to see a, a, a breakthrough in your prayer life? You just feel stuck in your prayer life, whether it's your own just the devotion or time spent. You want to see a devotion and uh, a breakthrough in your, in your prayer life, or maybe a breakthrough because you feel crippled by fear and unbelief. Maybe it's a breakthrough in an in a area of your life that you know God is not for. I mean, we could think about sexual immorality and how many long for a breakthrough they just they know that the pornography has to die they want it to die and yet it's not gone yet it's not out of their life yet they need a breakthrough but it's not just seeing god break us through in, in, the, in the ways that, that maybe aren't as honoring to him, but it's also breakthrough in effectiveness, positive breakthroughs spiritually that we want to see. Who wants a breakthrough in kingdom effectiveness? You know, just like really making a difference in the lives of those around you. Who wants to see God break through in a way that as you're sharing about Jesus and you're telling the story of Jesus and you're loving the people around you and serving the people around you, that the people actually not only want to listen, but they want to dig deeper and they, and they come to believe in Christ as you believed in him. There are all kinds of ways that we need breakthrough in our lives, hearing from God, direction, decisions. These are often major areas for breakthrough. We just don't know what to do, and we've been asking God and praying and having conversation after conversation after conversation, and we need God to show up and show us where to go. And this doesn't even begin to touch the areas of breakthrough in our communities, and we can think about our city and the opioid crisis or food insecurity or housing affordability. How about, God, a breakthrough in these areas in our city or in our church to see breakthrough, to see more and more people fully devoted to Christ, taking their walk with God seriously, uh, seeing more people. We were praying for, we've been praying for 30 to 50 people to say yes to Christ this year, and we're on our way to 30. How about 50 next year? How about a room so full that it's like it's, it's uncomfortable, like you're just so close to people because the room is so full because God is doing that kind of work in our church? Breakthrough. God desires to bring breakthrough, to take us to new places. I would say this. You may be a little skeptical this morning. You say, you know what? My life is pretty good. I don't think I need a breakthrough. This is a waste of my Sunday. And I would just humbly say this. If you don't think you need a breakthrough, you're probably not dreaming big enough or you're not longing hard enough. 
like longing for shalom, longing for the way that God wants our world to work. But we know that it won't be easy. You see, not only do we live in a fallen world where there are all kinds of circumstantial factors that are opposing us, but we have fallen hearts. By the way, though, the world couldn't pressure us. I mean, and if we didn't have fallen hearts where we don't always desire what God desires and want to live like God wants us to live. But not only that, the same is true for spiritual forces of evil that oppose us. How many of you know that Satan is alive and real today? That there are spiritual forces that oppose us, that want to trip us up and keep us from living the lives that God wants us to live. Satan absolutely hates us. He exists to steal, kill, and destroy. And it was C.S. Lewis who has a, a very, on the one hand, helpful statement, but I'm growing to think is not as maybe helpful as it ought to be. In the beginning of his, uh, the preface to his book, Screw Tape Letters, which is an amazing book. I love uh, the book and I love C.S. Lewis. He says this, that uh, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race, humanity, can fall about devils or demons, all right, the demonic, spiritual forces of darkness. He says this, one is to disbelieve in their existence, The other is to believe and to fill an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. And fundamentally, I agree with Lewis, but my issue with that, and maybe it's mainly because of my Western ears and mind and not his Western mind, but I think it's too Western. And what I mean by that is like influenced by a Western worldview, rationalism, materialism, naturalism, the enlightenment. I don't think it's biblical enough in its worldview. Because I read what Paul says in Ephesians 6, and he says that our wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the spiritual forces of evil, against the the, the powers of darkness over this age. And I read in 1 Peter 5, 8, that he says, be sober-minded and alert for The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And so the point here is that if we just kind of if we just kind of play it safe and we're like in the the middle of the spectrum here, like where we don't disbelieve, but we don't an unhealthy excessive, then what happens is the devil just kind of keeps us in this place where we're not really thinking about his presence very much at all. And so we're opposed which is why we need to fight back. And how we fight is through a posture of a heart before God that will often find us on our knees with our hands up and our voices lifted to heaven in prayer to God. Why is that? Because the God of breakthrough hears the humble heart. Number two, The God of breakthrough hears the humble heart. Look at the posture of David here in verse 19. As the the Philistines are gathered in the valley of Rephaim, it says that David goes to God and, and David inquired of the Lord and he asked these questions. Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? What's David doing? David is not 
presumptuous before God. I mean, if anyone could have been presumptuous, it's David, right? I mean, think about all of his military victories. Hey, I'm the one who slain the giant Goliath. I, I've got this. Or do, do you not just remember, you know, that the, the Jebusites, they were taunting me and, you know, the blind and the lame, and I showed them who was blind and lame, you know, and I just took them out. But David doesn't rely on his past victories, nor does David rely on himself. Like King Saul, which was the downfall of the previous king who took matters into his own hands. He didn't trust God. He didn't go to God and say, God, are you with me? God, are you in this? See, God loves a humble heart. He loves a heart that's dependent on him. He loves a heart that is saying, God, I'm not moving unless you move. What if you lived your life that way? What if you said, God, I'm not, I'm not stepping out unless you're stepping with me? What, what, if, what if you said, God, like in your timing? It, it kind of reminds us of the prayers that Jesus prayed, not my will, but your will be done. See, we have to come to this place where we see, I mean, the God God of breakthrough shows up in power when we realize how powerless we are. I'm just going to take you back to the, keep taking you back to the the Old Testament, okay? The first 39 books of the Bible. So much great truth in here. I don't neglect it. Have you ever heard of Jehoshaphat? King Jehoshaphat. He was a pretty good king. He loved God. He sought to lead the people in the ways of God. And he's in a similar situation as David here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I can't wait to preach 2 Chronicles chapter 20, by the way. It was going to be the anniversary Sunday, but I shifted gears. We're going to get there one day. But here's what you need to hear now. In in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12, he sees this vast army before him. And so he prays with a humble heart. And he says this, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. The God of breakthrough is saying, hey, look up. I care about you. I'm with you. I want you to bring your troubles to my throne. I want to hear from you. I want you to hear the words. I just read these words yesterday uh, in my not-so-quiet time as my kids were all around, but I was fighting for vision and trying to spend time with God. Psalm 106, verse 4, what does it say? Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. This is the kind of humble heart that says, God, I need you. And I don't just need you in the, the big moments of life with the big opposition. God, I need you every single moment of my life. Breakthrough prayer remembers the words of Jesus when he says, ask, seek, knock. Don't give up in prayer. Keep fighting in prayer. Persevere in prayer. Go be like the Luke 18 persistent widow who kept showing up with the unjust judge who would not show her favor, but because she kept showing up, he just gave her what he wants, what she wanted. And Jesus is saying, pray like that. Because by the way, God's not unjust. He really loves you. And he hears every time you come to him. 
see this really, this really, if, if this is a struggle for you, I just want to, I just want to keep coming back to this. And maybe it's just every single Sunday until I'm dead. I'm just going to keep coming back. And if you missed the sermon uh, from Isaiah 6 at the beginning, I think it was of September, um, you need to go back and listen to it. It's called Fight for Vision. Because I made a couple of propositions in the sermon. Number one, that everything in our life begins with vision, namely our vision of God. And so, if, 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 this, if this is a struggle, what we need to do is to fight for vision to see who God is, and that will lead us to pray. Let me show you just simply how this works. We need to see that God has both the heart and the hand to move on our behalf. Number one, God has the heart. He cares about us. He cares about you. His eye is on you. He loves you like a father loves a son or daughter. And not only does he have the heart toward you, but he also has the hand. You remember this from a few weeks ago. The the fire is still burning. That God's hand moves in power and it accomplishes whatever he chooses to do. Do, Do you see how this works? Do you see how this changes the way that we pray? If God cares about me, then I can pour my heart out before him. If God has the power, then I can expect that he actually has the ability to do something about my problems. Are you guys with me today? All right, great. Just making sure. Sometimes sometimes it's hard as a pastor, you know, I was like, The God of breakthrough hears the humble heart. We can't stop praying. We can't stop praising God before we see our breakthrough in our lives. And and, and why? Because when we we keep coming back to that place of prayer, it raises our faith. And it reminds us that the God of breakthrough is the one who fights our battles. I don't have a ton of time to take you through every instance in this story, but the God of breakthrough is showing up. In verse 2, it was God who chose David to be the king. The reason that David broke through politically is because God chose chose that for him. In verse 10, it says after the victory against the Jebusites and, and how David built out the city of Jerusalem, what does verse 10 say? And David became greater and greater. Why? For the Lord, that's Yahweh, the I am of Exodus chapter 3, The Lord, the God of hosts, that's the God of all armies, including angel armies, was what? With him. That's how he broke through. God was showing up. God was bringing the victory. And we see this in verse 20 as well. It says, David came to Bel-Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal Perazim, which if you look in the footnote at the bottom of your Bible, it says Baal Perazim means Lord of breaking through. This is what victory looks like when God shows up. God takes the obstacles and the barriers that stand in our way 
and he holds the power to move through them like, have you ever seen a flood? Have you ever seen a raging flood, be it a flash flood or a flood that's building up over time after rain is falling day after day after day? And what does that flood do? It absolutely demolishes whatever is in its path. And that's what David is saying, that, 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 that God brought us up against this army and we broke through because God went before us. God is the God of breaking through. God is the God who makes a way when there seems to be no way. Oh, I hope you believe that today. I'm not up here preaching just to, just to sound, uh, hear myself, you know, like I hope that you, I hope that you'll take this in. God is still the God of breakthrough. He still wants to show up in your life. He still wants to take the things that seem very difficult or near impossible or certainly impossible and say, I am the God of the possible. I can bring the change that you don't think can happen in your life. This was so significant to David, I love this, that he renamed the place Baal-perazim. Sometimes we hear Baal and we think like only idolatry in the Old Testament. Oftentimes the, the gods of the other nations were called Baals, but the word Baal means master or lord. It's a reference for God. And so here at this point in the scriptures, it's, it's a way of referring to God saying, God is the God of breaking through. Just like we saw uh, Abraham when he was about to offer his son Isaac and God provide, he, he renamed the place Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh who provides, God who provides. Or, or, or in Exodus 17, uh, when, when uh, Moses led the people uh, to, to fight uh, the people around him, and, and, he, and Aaron and her held up his arms, and he names the place Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. So significant. It's a way to mark who God is and what God has done in our lives. And so in each and every one of these instances through 2 Samuel 5, I didn't even have time to talk about 11 and 12 in a high room. The king of Tyre sends materials, people, masons, carpenters to build David's house. Um, that shows the favor of God, the God of breaking through there. I just talked about it. I wanted to cover it. But in every one of these instances, you can take the words of 1 Samuel 17, verse 47, where it is declared, the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. I mean, write it down, you know, preach it to yourself, share it with one another, put it all over your house, plaster it wherever you can. Remember, the battle is the Lord's. But we need to remember, as we seek breakthrough from the God of breakthrough, that breakthrough often comes in different ways. Sometimes breakthrough will happen suddenly in our lives. And if God is God, then we can expect that God can do that. And there's no, there's no shame. In fact, there's no reason not to pray that God would do that in our lives if that's what he has for us. Isaiah 64, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. It's a way of saying, God, would you show up and show up now and show yourself mighty and strong in our lives, in this people, in my life personally. 
But just because God will sometimes show up suddenly like a flash flood and bring a breakthrough for us personally or corporately, he often doesn't work suddenly. He often works in seasons. Sometimes breakthrough will happen in a moment. Other times breakthrough will happen over the course of a season in your life where you just keep chipping away and chipping away and chipping away and showing up and showing up again. And then all of a sudden, you look back and you see, wow, God brought me into a new place. I'm past that season. God was faithful to bring me through. Listen to the words of someone who Finally, after I don't even know how long, fought depression and saw a breakthrough in their life. This is what they say about this, 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 this theme. It says, sometimes God will heal in an instant. Most often, God will use the unheralded means of adequate sleep, exercise, a reasonable diet, regular worship, fellowship, Bible reading, good books, time outdoors, faithfulness in our responsibilities, and profitable ministry to pull us out of the throes of depression. Do you, do you see that? I mean, sometimes it's suddenly, but oftentimes it's going to be over the course of a season as we just keep showing up and showing up and showing up. I mean, we get to tell stories from our lives as a family. You know, so many of you have heard the Rhode Island story of how God woke me up and brought a season of revival unlike I had ever experienced since we moved to Boston. Just like rekindling a fire in my heart for God that was, that was unlike uh, what it had been uh, in, in previous seasons. That was more of like a sudden, just in a moment, just God flooded my heart with himself. But then we could look at 2019 and for my wife, you know, the early parts of the year with a newborn and just struggling with, with all of life and, and, you know, with her photography, she does little photography on the side and, and she was wanting to see that take off, but it wasn't taking off. And then, you know, her other kind of side business wasn't going great, but she was losing her passion for it. And she was just like, God, what's going on? Like, I, I want to see a breakthrough. I want to I, I want, I be doing something that, that I'm enjoying that's, that, that's going to uh, help others in their lives. And, and, and it was over the course of not just weeks but months that God showed up and brought a breakthrough vocationally for her into a new season, into a new territory. And, these, and, and this is how it works for us. And so let me just ask you before I move on, uh, how will you respond if breakthrough is either slow or seemingly does not come? This is a super important question for us to ask and answer. How will you respond if breakthrough is slow or it does not seem to come? Will you assume that God doesn't love you? Listen, God cannot love you any more than he loves you now. Would you assume that, that maybe, you know, God is not, is not working in my life? Listen, what if God delayed the breakthrough because he wanted to accomplish something greater in your life? Namely, he wanted to make you more like Jesus Christ. Romans 5 says that our suffering produces character and character hope. 
And hope doesn't disappoint us. So when we go through seasons of of suffering and trial, when we're up against the opposition and we're not seeing breakthrough, listen, it's not a sign that God doesn't love us. It's a sign that God loves us and he's with us and he's making us into the image of Jesus Christ. Do you remember Paul's thorn in his side and he pleaded with God to take it away and God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Because when you are weak, I will show myself as powerful and strong, and I will glorify myself in your weakness. Wow. We can't look to the cross of Christ and conclude that every time we don't. Jesus, it seems to me that Jesus in Gethsemane is praying a breakthrough prayer like, God, if this cup, if you would just take this cup from me, if it's your will. Facing the cross, facing, taking on the the full weight of our sin and the wrath of God. But God doesn't remove the cup. He makes Jesus drink the cup of his wrath so that the greater good could be accomplished through his death. And this protects us from two very great dangers in our lives when it comes to this topic of breakthrough. I know a lot of different churches talk about breakthrough. You hear it in songs, and it's great. I think it's great, but we have to test everything we hear against the Scriptures, right? Because there's a danger of the head, which there are heresies that say that God wants all healing, and he wants all healing now. And on the one hand, yes, God wants our healing. But, 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 the, but the heresy is that God will always bring the healing. And if he doesn't, that there's some flaw in you or the person praying for it or whatever, but that doesn't square with the Bible. It doesn't square with Paul's thorn. It doesn't square with the cross of Christ. Yes, God will bring ultimate healing, but perhaps it's his will right now for us to walk through a season or maybe to never see breakthrough so that as Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, just go read it, he says that we were almost to the point of death and yet that was to make us not rely on ourselves but on God who raises the dead. So don't assume just because you're hearing a sermon about the God of breakthrough that you're gonna pray for a few days and you're gonna see the breakthrough and if not, then that God's still not on his, on his throne. But then there's also not a heresy of the head, but a problem of the heart that James 4 helps us out with. And it says that when you don't ask because uh, you don't receive because you don't ask, and, and then even when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. And that's why I asked the question very, very intentionally earlier, where do you need breakthrough in your life? Because so many times we want breakthrough, but it's not what God wants for us. Or we keep praying for breakthrough to the point that that what happens is breakthrough becomes this idol in our life, that we're so focused on the breakthrough, but breakthrough becomes a distraction that takes us our eyes off of the God of breakthrough, the one that we were made for in the very beginning. And so we have to watch these dangers in our lives. And yet we hold on to the hope that when we, listen, I love this, when we live with the thorn, when we live bearing our cross, what we're saying is that my God is every moment good and my God is better than my breakthrough. The battle is the Lord's. God is the God of breakthrough. And then finally, listen, not just supernatural power beyond us to bring a breakthrough. 
but supernatural power in us. The God of breakthrough will use you in the victory. Just look at this briefly, verses 20 and 21. What does this say? David came to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal Perazim, and the Philistines left their idols there, and David and his men carried them away. If we go on and we read the rest of the chapter again, we would see that the Philistines come back. And they raise themselves up against David again. But David does the very same thing. He has a humble heart. He goes to the Lord. He, he asks God, are you in it? God says, I am. And he brings a new strategy to the table. Breakthrough showing up in a different way. And yet, verse 25, look at that. It says, and David did as the Lord commanded him. This is the language of the scripture of all the Old Testament heroes of our faith, and Noah did, and Moses did, and David did. You see, God is is saying, hey, I am the God of breakthrough, but most often God will use us in the process of our breakthrough. He doesn't invite us to sit on our hands or just tuck ourselves away in like a prayer closet or whatever and just like, God, would you do it? God, would you do it? God, would you do it? He's saying like, as you're praying for breakthrough, stop and look in the mirror sometimes because He wants to use us in the process to see our breakthrough come. So the principle is this. We keep saying this at Redemption Hill, but if if you step out, then God will show up. And we step out even in the face of opposition. I I love this. I got a flag a few few weeks ago. I was at this antique store with my parents and um, there were these nautical flags. This is a nautical flag. I'm no sailor. I'm no, you know, admiral or anything, uh, but, but this is a nautical flag and each of these flags are are symbols and letters. And, and this one right here, it means, are you ready for this? You are running into danger. You're running into danger. And so do you know why I bought this? Because this is what I'm saying to the devil and all of his demons. I'm saying, guess what? You're running into danger. Because I'm going to show up. And though the battle is the Lord's, I'm going to show up and I'm going to fight my battles. But let me be clear. When Satan sees me and when he sees you, he laughs. There's, there's no intimidation factor. But when he sees Christ in me, and when he sees Christ in us, he runs. He runs. The battle is the Lord's. God is waiting for a generation of people to step up and to believe that he is still God, that he is still on the throne, that he still brings breakthrough. He wants to hear from the humble. And show up and fight battles, but he wants to use us in the process. And so I hope that as you look to Christ, listen, what is the ultimate breakthrough of all breakthroughs? Chris and the the team can come on out and then we're going to pray together. Listen, what what is the ultimate breakthrough of all breakthroughs? It's the cross of Christ. Thank you. Jesus would set us free from being slaves to sin and death. The breakthrough of all breakthrough is ours in him. 
John 8, 36, Jesus said it. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And so listen, that is, that is the foundation of everything. This is where it all starts. And so if you need this life in Christ, if you feel like you don't have a relationship with God, if that's, if that's where you need to see breakthrough, listen, God's arms are open to you. He wants you to have a relationship with him to start today, that today can be the day of breakthrough for you. But whatever it is in your life, whatever it is, God is saying, place it into my hands and expect that I care and that I love and that breakthrough may just be right in front of you. And guess what? If you don't see it now, if you don't see it soon, if you don't see it in this life, guess what? You will definitely see it in the next life because breakthrough is certain in Christ. All healing, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, to whatever degree we see it in this life, we will see it ultimately and finally and completely in the next one. And so we thank God for that. Listen, I want to pray. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come down. And I just want you to put your request before God and to be able to pray with someone else. And so whatever it is in your life that you say, God, I I need a breakthrough. I want to see breakthrough. Listen, we're here to pray for you today. We're going to not rush this. We're going to sing to God and ask him to do his good work in us. And so let me lead us in a time of prayer. And then you come and you share whatever's on your heart. You pour out your heart to God and we're going to pour out our hearts with your heart. And ask God to do the amazing and to make a way where there seems to be no way. Thank you, God, for who you are and what you do. God, thank you that you're the God of breakthrough. Thank you that we can not be intimidated by the evil one, but that we can raise up flags to say that in Christ we are dangerous to those who seek to endanger us. Oh, God, let us not live fearful lives. Let us not live lives that cower back when we're opposed. Lord, help us to step up with confidence because the authority of heaven and earth are ours through Jesus Christ. Oh God, I pray that you would put into minds what is weighing people down even right now, that they would have the boldness and the courage, whether they stay in their seat and take it to you as they sing or they come forward to pray with someone, that we would put our request before you and pray your will be done. Your kingdom come. We pray this in the name of Christ.